we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the 20th day of January, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, it's good to see you. How are you today? Good to see you. Healthy uh, and alive, as usual. Um, yeah, good to be here. Well, that's good. Uh, I'm glad you're, uh, glad you're doing well. Um, let's, um, let's jump right into it today. Uh, I really don't have a whole lot planned. I got a couple of things, but you know how that always goes. Uh, it's always, well, you know, we'll go until we run out of stuff to talk about. Well, let, let's just see how this goes. You heard about the hostage situation in, uh, in what was it, Texas? I think, I think it was Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. CNN's running damage control saying uh, it was uh, it was a man with mental illness. It was a man with 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 mental illness. Uh, that's that, that's what they're saying. Uh, Malik, Malik Faisal Akram. The man who held four Jewish people hostage as a, or at a Texas synagogue on Saturday has been removed by security from in uh, from an Irving, Texas mosque 10 days earlier after a verbal altercation with employees who told him he could not stay overnight. Apparently, this guy had also been on the uh, British Security Services watch list for being classified as a former subject of interest uh, at some point in 2021. Don't you love it how we have these subjects of interest and we just leave them as subjects of interest and we never really do anything else about it? He's uh, a member or a attendee of one of the mosques that uh, the FBI watches because they are uh, teaching radicalism. The, the, the mosque is teaching radicalism. Yeah, the radical Islam. Okay. All right. So l let me understand this. Uh, and they, they sent the FBI down there to, to deal with the situation. Is that is that correct? Uh, well, they, they at least had an agent down there. It was a um, local SWAT team that, that did the... Uh, the business, but they right. were there and did their why? media coverage. Why? You know, why, why were they there? Uh, number one, I want to know why they knew to come there. First of all, it's a federal agent. They should be in D.C. They shouldn't have been there. I know they have offices and whatnot everywhere, but yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, hell, they got field offices over here. But uh, it, it, anyway, uh, the media was running this for a while saying uh, it's it's a uh, it's a man. And usually when they say that, you know what that means. Uh, they're they're running they're running interference. Uh, not from what not just a man, but they, they said it's a British man. Oh, a British man. That's right. Yeah. A British yeah. man. A British man was shot and killed in a confrontation with the FBI on Saturday uh, after holding a rabbi and congregants hostage for 11 hours at a synagogue. Again, explain to me why the FBI was there. There's not a single SWAT team in the country that doesn't know how to deal with a single gunman holding hostages. And, and we're sending in the FBI. Why? They don't have any jurisdiction there. Did the governor specifically request them to come in? I don't think so. As far as I'm aware, that was not a request. Um, but again, uh, the FBI had been watching uh, this individual and this mosque and multiple mosques actually in that area, um, ironically. So they, they knew this was going to go down. They, they had information about it. And yeah. All right. Anyway, um, well, they uh, yeah, they, they shot the guy dead. Uh, it went on for 11 hours. Really? How, how on earth does this go on for longer than one or two? 
I, I get that you want to call in there, throw a cell phone in the door, talk to the guy, find out what his demands are. And it came down to what was it? Um, his what was it like his sister or something is in is in prison in Texas, and she's got. Uh, radical Islam ties or something? Did I understand uh, that right? I, I don't know if it's his sister. The, there was some terrorist that was in prison that he was demanding. One of the demands was some terrorist to be released. It, it might have been his sister. He it, That might have been one of them. But I, I'm pretty sure one of the other ones... I'm, I, I think one of the demands was a male. Uh, but I don't remember the name. I don't remember who it was. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I, again, uh, federal overreach. Hello. What, why are we why are we sending in the FBI to deal with that? The, I think the FBI's got enough on their plate right at the moment uh, to deal with this uh, this debauchery of uh, January sixth. Uh, what why are, why are they uh, why are they not testifying as to what they knew about what's going on uh, about what happened on that day? They're dodging every question under the sun that Senator Cruz is throwing at them. So what was this trying was this an attempt at some kind of a diversion for them? I don't know. I'm asking. I, I'm just asking the question, Bruce. You're asking how did the FBI know to go there? to turn it into a media spectacle, to take the stink off of him for what was happening with Ted Cruz in the Senate. Just an observation. That's all. That's all. Because the assistant director looked like a complete fool when she didn't answer any of the questions about the FBI coordinating and taking part in the events that happened on January 6th. So what better way than to uh, redirect? You, you have to you have to look good somehow, right? I mean, they, they have an image to uphold. So I, honestly, I, I think that may have been what was going on as they were uh -huh. exactly that uh -huh. covering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. OK, let's talk about the FCC. Biden's new commissioner nominee, uh, <laughs> GG's whatever, GG's son. I'm going to go with that. Wants to get rid of uh, right leaning broadcasters from the air. OK, there, there's a problem with just this headline in and of itself. I don't know of any right-leaning broadcasters that we have in the United States, do you? Uh, right-leaning? No. Um, I, I would call uh, the, the, the ones that are quote-unquote right-leaning uh, that the left would consider to be middle. Like that, middle. That's like normal American. Yeah. That's like what Americans should be based on, on what our foundation is. Right-wing. Right-wing right broadcast. Come, come on. Really? Right-wing broadcasters? Well, have we stooped so low? Have we been Overton-windowed so much as, you know, to pull one of your, your terms that you brought up last week? Have we been Overton-windowed so much that uh, people that are now talking common sense that are actually in the middle are now considered to be on the right wing? I haven't seen a right-wing broadcaster in America for, <laughs> um, I don't know, all my life. I, I haven't seen one. I, I wish some days that there were some just to show some kind of uh, opposition in some way, shape or form to, to one side or the other. N not saying that I agree with everything, but simply to use it as a point of reference. That's all. Yeah, uh, I, I think that. OK, so as far as um, FCC controlled right wing broadcasters, so we'll say someone on radio or television. No, th there isn't. Um, however, there are YouTubers that I would consider right wing that are further right than what the, the founders were. Um, I, I know of some YouTubers that are um, not libertarian. They're uh, anarcho-capitalists um, to where government is essentially uh, more or less abolished completely. And the states run their own, you know, the, the states have their own government. There's, a, there's no federal government in a sense. Uh, and anything the state runs like um let's say uh your, your state-run police that's actually uh, a private outfit that the state hires so all your police forces everything that is currently state or federally run is hired out 
to the private sector. And I have I have difficulty arguing against it. When they say here that uh, they want to uh, they want to get rid of right leaning broadcasters. Okay, first of all, that sets a very dangerous precedent. I don't care what side you're on, right, left, middle. I, I really don't care. When you start knocking off people like that, regardless of what it is, then you're treading down a very dangerous slope. That's the first thing. First Amendment. Sec- yeah, in the First Amendment. But the second thing, which goes to that point right there, is why does the government now control who says what? The Constitution controls who says what, not the government. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Constitution says, government, you can't silence anybody for any position they take. It, it's kind of, uh, I'm a freedom of speech absolutist. The Constitution says um, you have the freedom of speech. So in other words, you can say whatever the hell you want. Um, it's, if society deems it to be offensive, then that's society's choice. You as an individual can determine whether something is offensive or not. Um, at the same time, government has no right to do that. Neither state nor federal, um, nor city, none of them. Because the Constitution says you have the right to say whatever the hell you want. Um, and I honestly, that includes everything you don't like and you don't want to hear. That includes the violence uh, calling for violence, the slurs, the whatever, hate speech, all of that. All of that is included. Um, you well, what's, you have to have that, that hate speech. That cl- hate yeah. speech. What, what is, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good talking point right there of the radicals over there. And, well, and everywhere else for that matter, hate speech. As a matter of fact, that's being mm-hmm. slung around over here today uh, by government people. Hate speech. Let's talk about that for just a second. Hate speech. What is hate speech? What is it? I, I really want to know what the definition of that is. I don't care what the di- what the dictionary says because these morons are changing everything every day anyway to fit their political agenda. My point is is that hate speech is exactly what they say it is. It's how they define it to fit the agenda that they need. The administration is saying about this individual that they want to appoint to the FCC. They're saying this. This is an actual quote from the administration. Gigi is one of the nation's leading public advocates for open, affordable, and democratic communications networks. For over 30 years, Gigi has worked to defend and preserve the fundamental competition and innovation policies that would have made broadband internet access more ubiquitous, competitive, affordable, open, blah, blah, blah. So that's the that's the build back uh, talking n- line net, right there. But Net neutrality. They net were neutrality. for net neutrality. Yes. But quite Which frankly, I think... It is bad. I, and quite frankly, I think it was the telecom companies that wrote it. It yeah, was. They, Google had a big hand in that. Yeah. But you're supposedly uh, the nation's leading public advocate for open, affordable and democratic communications networks. And you want to throw people off? Yeah. You want to silence people. Yeah. That, that, wow. That's um, pretty open and transparent, don't you think? Wow. Oh, yeah. That's that's open and transparent. All right. That That's open and affordable and uh, and democratic. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that's democratic, which is about as democratic if, if, as as the People's Republic of China. If if they're going to make it affordable, that means they're going to tax the hell out of anyone that has they're, they're going to put some kind of fine or, or something in their in their policy. Uh, where in the Constitution does it give the federal government the authority to uh, have an FCC or OSHA or any of those? I'm trying to figure out why it gives them the authority to actually run the post office. I'll just start simple. I'll start simple with that because the Constitution is, if we're talking about that, which I seem to think that we are, the Constitution is very clear. The government shall establish post offices and post roads. It does say that. It doesn't say anything about running it. So the Constitution, it's kind of like taxes, right? So it says uh, Congress has the power to levy taxes. does not say the Congress has the authority to enforce set taxes, much like the post office. Uh, they have the authority to um, create them, establish them, 
But then I think it should be upon the states of where it was established to employ and run those establishments. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, as much power as we can take away from the federal government and have to the state, um, based on what the con Constitution says, is what we should be doing. I, I don't see why every American isn't on board with that idea <laughs> that brings more power to you, the individual, uh, because it, it brings it. OK, if the government has control of, uh, for example, the, the FCC. All right. Uh, and you are pick your flavor. I don't care. Left, right. I don't care. But whoever's in power is uh, opposing to your idea. So now you're not going to see any kind of uh, talk show host, television, whatever of your flavor. So instead, don't you think that each state, or, or even if this was still a federal thing, um, don't you think it should be uh, free? Don't you think it should be open? Don't you think it should be freedom of speech? You know, don't you don't you think you should be able to say whatever the hell you think? Don't, don't you think it would be better to know what your neighbor's position is on something versus them going in the shadows? And uh, as an example, wouldn't you rather know your neighbor is a neo-Nazi than not know? And then something end up happening and, you know, uh, the, 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 you have the, the, the police kicking in the neighbor's door, waking you up or, or even your own door. Cause they think you might be associated with them or something. Well, Bruce, I, clearly, I, I want the exchange of ideas. Oh, I understand. But clearly what you're not seeing here is the danger of the potential for the rise of misinformation and disinformation that could be a threat to public safety. You're not considering that. I, I'm not I'm not getting that feeling when I hear that you explain yeah. and expound upon these these points that you're presenting. Yeah. So the, the interesting thing about uh, public safety, did you know that which if you're a listener, you you uh, already knew this when the pandemic first started kicking off? Did you know people already started wearing masks, social distancing and stopping uh, public interaction, you know, going out and, you know, going to like the theater or something like that, you know, kind of restricting their movements long before the government even suggested such an idea? Do you know, people tend to do whatever they think is is safest for themselves. So that said, uh, the freedom of ideas and the exchange of ideas, people will do what they think is best safest for themselves. And you make some fantastic points, but I, I guess the, the way that I was wanting to, to go with that was, um, you know, what, one of the other keynote speakers that they had at the World Economic Forum, because that, that's going on right now, you know, the, the annual meeting at Davos, uh, they had the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, speak right after uh, His Excellency, uh, President Xi Jinping of China. And Fauci was very clear on his points that he was uh, he was making about everything we've dealt with, with with this pandemic in regards to public information, free speech, right? The, these types of things, his thoughts. And then we can go from here. You know, one of the things that that we I believe the entire world is facing, but we certainly are facing it in a very, very disconcerting way in the United States is the amount of disinformation that is accompanying what should be a problem where everyone pulls together against the common enemy, which is the virus, we have disinformation that is entirely destructive to a comprehensive public health endeavor. In all my experiences thus far of playing all the audio that we've played of him and uh, all the points that he's taken, all the flip-flops that we've covered on him, this is the only point that I unequivocally agree with him 100%. 
It's very difficult for me to agree with somebody 100% of the time on anything. But this guy has literally just, and I, I never thought that it would be him. I agree with everything that Dr. Fauci just said, except in the opposite direction. I don't agree with his standpoint from the direction he's putting it. However, when he says, uh, we're looking at an overwhelming problem of, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, we're looking at an overwhelming problem of public disinformation. That's true. We are looking at an overwhelming proportion of public disinformation put out by people like him. When he says we're, we're having a problem dealing with this virus, that's true because the people that are running this, quite frankly, and the media are the virus in that sense. So, yeah, we have disinformation that is entirely destructive to a comprehensive public health endeavor. He's absolutely right. They are the ones that are entirely destructive to a comprehensive public health endeavor by their perpetuation of public disinformation. I'm entertained by the... Uh uh, the things he has on his shelf behind him. <laughs> You're looking at his <laughs> his, fa his favorite yeah, thing. You know, it's has. a movie set, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you, you you see what's in the the over his left shoulder there. Those are the prayer candles. Oh my God! It is. Yeah. You know what else is he back has, there? <laughs> what's that? That's a Coca Cola. Yeah. That's a bottle Coca -Cola of Coca Cola. Thing, yeah. My yeah. goodness, that, that's like one the of the you're absolutely things. right. That's the prayer candles. Yeah. That's the plate. Yeah. Oh my God, that's the plate. That's the glazed plate. Yeah. Uh -huh. Wow. Pastel and mortar. You know what? I actually, I, I heard, <laughs> that's funny. Is that, do you, you probably can't see this. I swear that's a photo of him and Mark Zuckerberg. I swear. Could be. Uh, it's difficult I to tell. I swear it is. It is difficult because to tell, the video but quality. I, I swear that's, uh, that's what it is. Zuckerberg is very, very uh, unique. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the uh, the thing. Also notice I, he has a he has a CD player and a tape player combo, and they he does yeah a tape there. player yeah who, anyway. who has a tape player. <laughs> but um, I I actually saw something a while back. I, I was listening to another podcaster talk about the, uh, the I got to get him off the screen. I can't see that anymore. Uh, I was listening to another podcaster talk about uh, a lot of these dare I say it a lot of these liberal media hacks right because everybody was having to work from home. People were doing their reporting from home right. They were doing it and you know the kids would come in from behind them. But do you know what the left were actually doing? The the liberal left. You know what they were doing? The the fake intellectual mediaites that were on all the networks all day every day. Do you know what they were actually doing? Somebody had a startup company in D.C. and in New York and, you know, the New York, D.C. line right there. Somebody somebody had a startup company that was selling prefabricated bookshelves, as in you could buy the bookshelf and it was fake book, rows of fake books on it that you could just buy and you would put it behind you. <laughs> so when you would appear on these networks, it would make it look like you were this this big intellectual and you had all these books and you had this lavish library and they weren't even real. That 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 is capitalism right there. That is I I approve. Uh uh that's that's hilarious. Um so to the uh to the uh the topic at hand that we were before I got distracted there. Why is he so scared? of uh, misinformation and disinformation. Why is he so concerned? If, if he's talking uh, scientific truth and he's pointing to uh, the, the papers and the documents and the research and he's pointing people to it and, and showing them, see, these are the papers and the documents and this is where you can find it. Um, and this is where you can find, uh, you know, this, this university's research paper, or this university or this government uh, research paper. Here's where you go and get the information. And this is what I'm talking about. And here, let me explain how this is working. And this, oh, wait, he's not doing any of that, is he? It's almost like he's telling you a bunch of false information to kind of, uh, oh, what was that that he said he was doing? 
um, oh yeah, that's right. In the beginning of the pandemic, he was telling people that you needed like 80% of the population vaccinated when in reality it was only about 60 to 70% of the population that you needed vaccinated to get herd immunity. But he was saying 80% because, well, he, he was encouraging people to go out there and get vaccinated. He want he wanted, that's misinformation, disinformation. Um, that's exactly what he was talking about. So and the flip-flopping I, on I, the masks, on the the social distancing. I mean, all, all the restrictions, the COVID lockdowns, the school things. Uh, he was giving dating advice, for God's sake, all, all this stuff. It's not like it's a new new science that we just learned either. This is this is stuff that we've known for a long time. We had already done uh, the research on whether masks were effective against uh, airborne viruses or not. We, we, we already knew if... Uh, it, the virus, uh, the the masks were, would work against an influenza virus. We already knew that, and this was no different. It, in fact, it it was <laughs> tiny in comparison. The uh, if I remember correctly, the HEPA filters, the best filters you can get, the equivalent in an N95 mask is 0.3 uh, microns, I believe, and the virus is 0.1 or 0.01 or something. It's it's much smaller. In other words, it's not going to yeah. do anything. Yeah. So it's just going to go straight through it. It, it is as uh, descript as described a um, trying to stop a mosquito with a chain link fence. No, Bruce. It's not, no, the, the reason it's called a 95, the reason it has 95 is because there's a 95% chance that you won't get it. I see. Um I don't. I don't think I've actually heard that one before. <laughs> it's, you haven't heard that one before. What's wrong with you? You're uh, not paying attention to science. That's what the problem well, is. Yeah, most of the people around here pay attention to science, even though we're. Uh, this is technically considered a hillbilly area, um, or or redneck area. I guess more than hillbilly, it's a more redneck country folk. Um, and yet we, we we tend to follow the science because. We've known for a long time that this doesn't work. You you, you, know you want to combat it. You 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 eat right. You exercise. You get plenty of sunlight. And uh, in more recent times, we've learned that um, I don't know vitamin D and C and zinc are kind of important. Uh huh. Do, do you know exercise and all the rest of it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what the uh, the proper way of learning science is when you're in that part of the uh, the country. And believe me, I come from a similar part of the country. Believe me, I do. And it's exactly this. This is how we would learn science when it came to diseases and public health. Uh, you see that person right over there? Yeah. Yeah. They got something. I don't know what it is. They just keep away from them. <laughs> just go, we're going this way over here. Yeah. That That's that. I mean, it, that seems archaic, but that's literally what they've been telling us to do this entire yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Stay away from other people because they're infected. Uh, it, it, it's it's like it, yeah. it's always it's always been that don't get around that don't don't no don't don't get around that person they're sick it's been that my entire life growing up as a kid you don't want to be around that person if they're sick it's that simple except for when they, the, the chicken pox thing i mean we, we all got chicken pox when i was a kid uh that was terrible by the way <laughs> but i mean you got to get it when you're young right uh that's that's what it's all about because the older you get yeah. if you contract it then man you're really in trouble well the good news is because dr anthony fauci has addressed the issues to the world economic forum because he's addressed issues there. I mean, man, this guy's he's he's speaking up there with the prayer candles. He's he's the keynote speaker at, at places like the Vatican. I mean, my God, who's this guy going to speak to next? He's speaking to the Pope on a regular basis. He's giving speeches from the Vatican's news feeds down there. That's OK. That's that's fine, because we have a legitimate fact checker that has emerged and they're going to tell you all about disinformation because they have created a dedicated team to covering misinformation. And that's CNN. They've they've created a, a dedicated team to cover misinformation. CNN, right now, I mean, when you think of 
When you think of truth in news, that's who you think of, right? You think of CNN. The managing yes, editor. comrade. <laughs> you know what? It was so bad. The China. I'm serious. I'm going to pull the tweet. Hold on just a second. You got to see this. The Chinese Communist Party state-run media. One of their reporters tweeted yesterday in response to that. You you couldn't make it up. Check this out. All right, Bruce, here's the, here's the tweet. CNN says that they're going to create a team dedicated to covering misinformation. Uh, Shen Huaihu, uh, Huaihu, Huaihu, that's, that's a tough one. He's, uh, he's a reporter for the Chinese state-affiliated media. That's his official account. You can see it there. Yes? Blue check and all. Yep. He says, wow, it will be super busy then if it just focuses on covering the misinformation from the U.S. government and CNN itself. <laughs> Far be it from me. To disagree Shots with, fired. yeah, right. I mean, it's 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 just there, right? But you see, it's like it's so laughable. Even the comedy of it is so laughable that even China is now mocking it. I mean, you talk about disinformation. I mean, my God, they're the kings of it. They're propagandists. We'll talk about their propagandists here in just a minute and what they've been up to. But you know what that uh, means, though. You know what that, that means. If, well, if I, the CCP think, are are blatantly going out and saying that about CNN. Yeah. Then they believe the American people think that already. That's true. That That is true. I mean, let's go back to what Marxists actually do. What are they masters of? They're masters of deceit. What are they great at doing? They're great at getting other people to do their work for them, right? That's what they love to do. They don't really want to do a whole lot themselves. They want to put other people in charge of that unknowingly at that. Well, if you're following along with what the uh, the Chinese uh, state-run media guy said, we're pretty much doing their work for them, aren't we? In that sense, we are. Yeah, yeah. The, the fact that the Communist News Network is going to be an official fact checker, um, uh, it leaves me speechless, honestly. The, the, the kind of lunacy that we're, we're, we're going into. And the, the thing is, is I think most people understand this, left and right, that this is a load of BS, that this is all a farce. I think, I think people understand that, even left and right. Um, the, the thing is, um, I, I'll use an example of uh, the election process. The people that voted for Hillary Clinton, do you know they all agreed that, yeah, she's corrupt. Yeah, <laughs> she's dirty, but she's better than Trump. That was the argument. Yeah. They're willing to get in bed with that evil. And that is why I'm, I'm so much on board with the idea of no compromising. That, that's why I'm saying no compromise uh, as far as um, our, our uh, principles and perspectives. When, when you go for a politician, no compromise. You grill them. And if, they're, if they won't stand with um, the principles that you stand on, uh, some, of the, some of the baseline ones, uh, like, I don't know, abortion, kind of a big one. That's a big deal. Um, then you shouldn't even... Critical race you theory. Shouldn't even, critical race theory. Yeah. Uh, just some of the baseline stuff that we, that we believe. If they're not willing to make a stand on those things, I have nothing to do with them. And that also protects us from the nonsense that is CNN, the, that protects us from the nonsense that is the GG or whatever the hell their name is, or his, I don't, I don't know what they identify as. Um, I'm not going to assume. You got to get the pronouns right, Bruce. You got to get the yeah, We're going to have yeah. to figure that out in the future. We're going to have to get those pronouns in, in check because... Yeah. I don't want to I mean, that's just or dead. Yeah, yeah. Or any of that. you don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah, that that could that could no. offend. Somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it protects us from those kind of of lunacies. The the thing is, it also protects us from the federal government as a whole. If we would have been uh, standing on those principles, the, the the foundation of the the well, what the founding fathers had envisioned, we wouldn't have all these departments, the four hundred and fifty some alphabet departments that we have now. 
we, we wouldn't have it because it violates those basic principles. So but I guess I'm I guess I'm hounding those of us that claim to be conservatives or, or fundamentalists because it's our fault that we're in this position just as much as it is everybody else's. Truer words have never been spoken, my friend. A managing editor for CNN Business made the public aware Tuesday of a new job posting at the left-wing news company looking to fill the outlet's misinformation department. What? You mean to tell me there's nobody working there already? You should have an army in there with the amount of misinformation that network's pumping out. Unfortunately for the network, uh, this is the same public who also has um, a long memory of all these uh, CNN scandals, you know, the... Uh, well, we're still trying to figure out a few of them. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. And quite frankly, they just hired, what's his name? Tubin. Yeah, he's he's over there now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I, I think that's I think that's a new <laughs> slang term. Uh, Tubin. <laughs> Tubin, yeah. Yeah. It's a, what, what are you doing tonight, Tubin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's a new meaning now. Yeah. The uh, the solicitation was posted by CNN business managing editor Alex Koppelman. Uh, he says, hello, Twitter. Some very exciting media jobs to tell you about. I'm hiring three people for a new CNN team dedicated to covering misinformation. Thread about the team or jobs starts here. Please feel free to share far and wide. And if you're interested, reach out or apply at the links below. What do we mean by misinformation? He continued. Really, it's about covering reality. <laughs> you couldn't make this up coming out of Siena. The uses, abuses, and distortions of it, the people twisting it, and the effect that it has on all of us. We already do a lot of important work on this when we want to do more. <laughs> Oof. Um, yeah, because they are just so wonderful at this. And they are um, terrible. <laughs> they are mm. terrible. They are terrible. Mm. CNN, just, just to give you an idea, CNN, and I, I mentioned this the other day, CNN has lost 90% of their viewership in the last 12 months, if that gives you any idea. It was already bad before, but now, like, I, I, don't, I don't know how they still exist. If it was an independently run network, as in they didn't get any government money or they weren't brought to you by Pfizer... I'm not exactly sure how they would still be on the air. If it was a company, it, like if it was a legitimate business that was uh, that was actually run by like shareholders and not not uh, corporations or or government money or bailouts or whatever, then you probably wouldn't have CNN. It wouldn't like that. That network would have been long gone, long gone, a long time ago because the ratings have always been terrible. But you mentioned Hillary. You mentioned Hillary Clinton, and it's very interesting that you talked about that because I got a couple of I, things I, on that. I apologize. Uh, I did bring her up. I, I'm sorry. You did. Yeah, I know you, that you did. that might be triggering. I should but have given a warning do... before I said her name. You should have said a trigger warning. Yeah, you should have given a trigger warning. That's that's for sure. But one thing that confuses me, you didn't use the Southern accent when you did talk about her. Why is that? Yeah, because she's um, yeah, that's not what she is. But she's 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 had the accent before. Where, where did it go? I, I think it, it it's the same place as um, was it Gaddafi? Hmm. Yeah, they came, they saw he died. Yeah, that was uh, that was an assassination of another head of state. You can't actually do that. That's actually against international law. You you can't you can't do that. Uh, but anyway, CNN, you know, the same network that's uh, that's going to talk to you about identifying misinformation and disinformation. They have said that everyone you hear this, everyone is excited by the prospect of Hillary Clinton's comeback. Bruce, are you excited? I mean, we are everyone. Are, are you excited about the prospect of, of um, her comeback? 
absolutely enthralled by it. The op-ed author, Michael D'Antonio, alleged everyone in the political world, including Democrats and Republicans, are excited by the twice presidential candidates return to politics. Actually, I, I kind of am because I want to see her fall face first again. <laughs> you want another book? Is that what you want? I I yeah, still don't yeah, know what I, happened. I, yeah. I mean, that, that'll be the next one. Yeah. The concern I have is that the election system is not um, secured uh, and they're free to fortify it as much as they wish uh, right now. So unless that is solved, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. That's exactly what my point has been for quite some time. I mean, we're sitting here and we're listening to all these people talk about, oh, you know, Trump's going to run. Trump's. Gonna... I don't care. I don't care. Quite frankly, I hope he doesn't. I, I truly hope that he doesn't. And I hope that Clinton doesn't either. But regardless, even if we, and that's even if we had a free and fair election system, we haven't fixed any of these problems. Do we still have Dominion voting machines? We do, don't we? Have they been dismantled, smashed with a, with a repeated wrecking ball and thrown in the ocean? I don't think so. I don't think so. Do we still have Smartmatic as a company running around there doing voting counting machines? Last time I checked, we still do. Do we still have electronic voting machines of any kind? Forget Dominion and Smartmatic. Do we still have the counters? I think we do. Do we have paper ballots with carbon copies that we can give to people where we ask for identification and a signature to vote? The answer is no. Do we still have mail-in voting? And I'm not talking about absentee. That's something completely different. The media thinks you're stupid otherwise. We haven't fixed any of these problems. That's my problem, is we're going to have another election, supposedly, but we haven't fixed any of these problems. We still have the same people that would have been thrown out long ago. Quite frankly, I don't think most of them have been elected to be there in the first place. That's why none of them have actually supported an audit of the last election. Because if we were to support an audit... As an elected official, supposed elected official, if we were to support that and we actually got one and we started digging in to these electoral processes, we might find that a lot of them aren't even supposed to be there. And we also might find that, you know what, since you weren't supposed to be there, all those bills that passed that you signed that are in your name, yeah, all that's going to get revoked and they will be set back decades. The agenda will be set back decades. All the taxes... All the CRT garbage, all the Marxism, uh, you could lump CRT and everything, all the Marxism, all the socialism, all the dependencies, all the austerities, all the, all the bailouts, all of it would all become undone. Everything. Their entire system of fraud that they've built up for the last 20 to 30 years would come undone. I actually think it's been longer than that. But ever since 08, you don't think so? I don't think so. Uh, and, and the reason I say I don't think it will, I don't know of a process that we have in place to revoke. If we found that there was fraud in, in our election system, uh, if we found, if uh, we've already found mul multiple instances of it um, in every state, in fact, um, the severity is obviously what's in question. But anyway, um, if, if we did find that it was enough to cause uh, changes in elections, right? And, and politicians shouldn't be in place. Uh, we have processes to remove them but not the bills that they passed. So I don't even uh, the thing is, is even if they did get removed, we still have the we still have uh, all the, the bureaucracy that's still there. That's not elected that they hired that mm -hmm. they put into place mm -hmm. and we can't fire. So even if we even if we completely fixed everything and purged all of the electoral uh, system, 
uh, it doesn't matter. We still have the bureaucracy. I don't trust the FBI. I don't trust the CIA. I don't trust our intelligence agency. I don't trust our military anymore. None of the branches of government do I trust. There is none that I trust. And unfortunately, until we have a complete cleansing of that, like full on audit of everything, everything laid out before the public, no redactions, none of that BS, unless it's a federal agent that would be at risk, like, you know, like a spy or or something like that. There'd be chaos. You can't good. Do that. Good. <laughs> I, I want the whole system to to just catch on fire in a blaze and we burn out all the all the all the junk, burn it all out and get back to the the, the structure and and rebuild based on the Constitution, which simply means all that bloated excess waste that we had is gone, done away with. It's taken care of by the states. And everything else, you know, as far as what's not given to the federal government directly in the Constitution is then given to the states. And none of this, um, well, the Commerce Clause gives us power. No, the Commerce Clause gives you no power. All it gives you power is to ensure that you do not, as um, the state of Oklahoma, we cannot put tariffs on the state of Texas or California or any of those. We we have to have free and fair trade between each state. It's got to be a common market. Yeah, it's got to be a common market. Yeah, that's all it means. Which, by the way, side note, insurance should be a, um, a common market. That's a, that, yeah, you should that's be a able state, to get insurance out from issue. one state. Yeah, that's I, I know issue. it's a state issue, that's, but it's always been a state issue, in my opinion. It's you should be able to purchase. If I'm if I'm a resident of Ohio, which that's where I originally come from, if I'm a resident of Ohio, I should be allowed to purchase something in Oklahoma, for example. It if, should be the if, states competing. If it's a if it's a company that's nationwide. If you have a company that's in multiple states, then that company should be required to uh, basically the the rates and and whatnot that they give one state. That should be if if I'm in California, I should be able to get the rates in Oklahoma or vice versa if I so choose. So, yeah. But if I I think if you're doing business only in that state and not doing business outside the state, I think that's the, the commerce clause doesn't apply to you. You don't have to do business with another state. If it's better, if better rate in Oklahoma versus in California, you should be able to buy at the rate in Oklahoma. That 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 should be the standard. Uh, that said, if you're a business that's only doing business in one state and you're not doing business in other states, then that doesn't apply. Obviously, it it is state. You're 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 not a state wide or a nationwide business at that point. You're just doing business in a in a. So that that is the only level of government involvement I'm okay with when it comes to business. Um, I'm okay, actually, to be fair, I'm okay with a heavily regulated FDA. If the FDA is run by each state, like if each state has like a, a rep or something in the FDA or, or something like that, that's elected. I'm just, I'm just curious on that point. Can, can we do the same thing with the EPA? EPA shouldn't exist. Uh, it, it, EPA, the, the constitution does not give federal government the power over well, environmental okay. or land or those I, kind of okay, things. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I t- by th- by that decree. I, I tend to agree with you. However, I look at a country like, and I'm just using this as an example because we talked about it yesterday. I look at a country like China that has no environmental protection, and look what they do. I, I'm, I'm not saying that um, that we should have the EPA to the level that we have now. I think it's ridiculous because they literally list clean dirt as a pollutant and hay dust as a pollutant. Yeah. They list uh, a yeah. mud puddle on your property as a marshland, and it gives them and the Bureau of Land Management, which that agency should not exist. Eminent domain is a damn joke. The government has no right to come in and seize your land, period, end of story. That's not a debate. That is not a debate, but that's another argument. Yeah, they, they, have to have a, they have to have a search warrant. 
and yeah. you know a warrant yeah. to be able yeah, to seize those things. Yeah. Apart from that, yeah. Apart from that, that's not debatable. Uh, that that is a no compromise situation. But the um, the the EPA, we really don't have the um, how, how do I put this without sounding uh, harsh? We don't have the responsibility at the corporate level to take care of the environment. Let me put it that way, because it's not a secret that corporations that go into these areas and do business, it's not a secret that they're very environmentally negligent, if that makes any sense. The thing is, though, is if uh, our population, uh, as far as the U.S., weren't a bunch of pansies and actually stayed involved with everything and stood up on the principles that they believed, we wouldn't need the EPA. We wouldn't need any of these organizations because the, the society would be upholding we would be pushing for things that better us at a state level uh, we would be electing federal officials you know the federal politicians that represent us and our beliefs better but instead we've become complacent or we're pansied uh, you know deep bald where we, we, we have no spine uh, and uh, that that is mainly focused at Republicans uh, it's it just a bunch of walking jello is all it is they they have no uh, resolve about them or 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 it, it's just whatever I, I i don't even know what their their walking their goal is if they're walking if, jello <laughs> walking jello. I, I don't know what else to call i don't know what else to call them to be nice because they have no spine i mean even even ted cruz bowed to the the left and were was calling uh, yeah, insurrectionists and terrorists yeah, yeah. and all that over the yeah, january 6th yeah. thing he did retract it and 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 but Come on. Yeah, but the damage uh, I'm, is I'm done. I'm sorry. Like the, the, the damage, damage is, is done. done. You said it. You you intentionally said it. I'm sorry. You know, at one point I supported him and I told you guys that it's time to no compromise. I, I will still support him because as as Texas, you know, state rep. But if you try to run for president, nah, nah. I I, I can't you you you're you're too wishy washy for, for my taste. That my opinion. This is this is me and and my headspace. If if you're familiar with the character John Wayne, that's the kind of attitude I want the next president to have. Uh, I I want them to have that shotgun diplomacy, that get her done, and and be conservative. Not not even conservative. Fundamental. Go back to the Constitution. That is my ideal. You know, Putin is over there saying, "Hey, we're gonna do this with Ukraine and blah blah blah." All right, we're gonna send a bunch of weapons. We're gonna sanction you. Yeah, I mean, flipping the bird, you make it very clear that you do that kind of stuff and you're going to feel the pain. We're not even going to shut down Nordstrom. We're going to send a freaking JDAM right on top of it. We're, we're not going to be nice about it. I mean, that's the level of of I want them to have a twitch in the eye to make all the other the, the other nations afraid to poke at him. How dare you? How dare you talk about the United States being a superpower? You see, you know, <laughs> that, that goes against the tranquility and the cooperation that needs to happen, according to the, the His Excellency, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. President Xi of China. See, confrontation doesn't help anybody. Nobody wins when you... Uh, oh, my Except God. Except it, it, it's it so helped the world. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, it helps. We actually, we lived in, in, yeah. we lived in relative peace for the last seven decades because of it, because we threw an ass kick into those that you know those people that wanted let me let me put in one quick clarification real quick i'm not saying uh, that means we need to go in like afghanistan and iraq and syria and all those kind of things that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is is when it's when it's a direct affront to american interests and american allies that's when we get involved otherwise back off otherwise just step back and be like look you guys want to do that okay that's I, i think it's stupid but go for it i mean it just just 
let it let them let them do their thing mm. if they want to go whatever socialist civil war whatever i don't care don't get involved just let them do it if russia wants to go into syria i, I don't care have at it they're already in syria i mean that's, I, I know they are but uh, i'm using that as an example yeah if they want to go and do that i, I don't care it, 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 go for it but you know the, the, this Washington. nonsense that we're yeah go ahead uh, no, I was just going to say on that point, George Washington is is the uh, the famous uh, voice of that, of exactly what you're talking about. He warned about that all those years ago when he was taking the office of the presidency. He said, as he was leaving, beware of foreign entanglements. Don't get involved. Be friendly with other nations, of course, and trade with them. You have to have trade in this world. Of course, that has to happen. You have to have trade. I get it. But beware of foreign entanglements. Don't get involved in whatever it is that they do, exactly as you're saying. I think you're just, by, by saying that, you're just echoing the, the traditions that we're supposed to follow. Take Switzerland, yeah. for example. They don't get involved in other people's affairs, do they? No one bothers them. They're left alone. Well, they did kind of make weapons. Well, yeah, they and, they did, yeah, and and quite frankly, it, I mean, I they yeah, they, they but I, I like their national defense policy. I, I like all that stuff that they that they do down there. Uh, I like their their I'm representative not, form of government. But I'm I'm not I'm not, not for against, the though. yeah I'm, I'm not, not for, against being a, a weapons manufacturer no, 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 provider. No, 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 I'm no, not against that. Of course not. Well, the Germans make guns, good ones. Uh, they make fancy hell. The Mauser action that was used in World War One, the Mauser, the the famous uh, rifle that, that that their troops used. That action is still based on our assault rifles that we use today. Today, they they manufactured the grandfather to all assault rifles today, quote unquote assault rifles. But combat rifles nowadays, the the M16, all of those, uh, the mm -hmm. FAL, all of them came from the I, I, the idea of the STG44. That mm -hmm. was the grandfather of it all. So yeah, they 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 had some really good engineering and ideas, though mm -hmm. you know. I mean, obviously, Holocaust bad and the other stuff they were doing yeah, is bad, yeah. but, but engineering, from an engineering side. You can't beat uh, it. Yeah. You can't beat it. it yeah. It's it's incredible what they can make over here. But um, the and you know what? A lot of U.S. gun manufacturers and a lot of U.S. custom rifle builders, they will buy the steel and the machine parts from Germany because we just can't replicate it. As bad as that sounds, we just can't do it. The, the parts that the Germans make for the guns are actually better. The Austrians make fantastic guns. The Swiss make fantastic guns. I mean, a lot of these European, hell, the Czech, the, the, the Czech Republic, they make guns down there uh, and they make some pretty good ones. The CZs, those are yeah. pretty good firearms. Yeah. I mean, it's it's based off the Kalashnikov design, yeah. which is, I mean, Kalashnikov is a, a, an amazing design in, in and mm -hmm. of itself. I mean, how many other guns do you know about that you can take and dip a shoelace, tie a knot at the end of the shoelace, dip it in motor oil and then run it through the barrel of the gun and it's good? Why do you think <laughs> they use them? Not... Seriously, why do you think they're used all throughout the Middle East and uh, and down into parts of like sub-Saharan Africa? Why do you think they use the AK-47s? Because those things can literally take a bit. You can dip those things down in sand in the in the, the, the hottest dunes in the world and they're still going to fire. Those things can be caked in mud. Like uh, we're, we're talking like the adobe mud, the, the stuff that is just nasty mud. The stuff they build the huts out of in some parts of yeah. the world. Yeah. And those things will still fire. Those things incredible. are it's incredible. very, very incredible. Yes. That's why you gotta, that's why we kind of laugh at the uh, the M4s that we left behind in Afghanistan. We're like, are you you guys going to clean those? You, you going to give up the maintenance them on like those? like AKs, yeah, they're, they're not going to. They're not going to last. No. They will not last you at all. No. no, that's okay because the administration will probably just send a little care package over there. You know, as a humanitarian aid, of course. Okay, let's uh, let's let's kind of shift back here to um, 
to uh, Hillary Clinton. We talked about her possibly getting back into the uh, to the race here. This was a piece that was put out by the National Pulse. Uh, great work they do over there. The Presidential Debate Commission chief, you know, the guy that was organizing the presidential debates between Trump and Biden during the last election. Yeah, that guy. He held off-the-record meetings with uh, Chinese Communist Party propagandists and Xi Jinping personally. Do the presidential debates make sense now as to why they were all just a farce and a bunch of showpieces? That's what it was all about. Why do you think Biden didn't debate? And when he did, it was just a clown show. Do, do you remember the one with Chris Wallace where it was just nothing but a, a badgering just mess? That's exactly what the CCP wanted. That's the kind of debate that they wanted. That's the kind of debate that they love because it makes you mad. It throws a wrench into your line of thinking because I know people that were that were supporting Trump in this last election. And you know what? They watched that debate and they said, man, this that's just terrible. I don't want to I don't even want to watch another one. That's why it was done that way to demoralize you and to push you away from our electoral process. So when they pulled their funny business on election night, you wouldn't care. To be fair on that, that, that whole process, um, those, those debates, though they were clown shows, at the end of the day, it didn't change my perspective or, or, or who I was for, if you will. You know, once it got to the point of being a binary election, uh, there was only one choice. Kenneth Wallach, the co-chair of the Commission of Presidential Debates, participated in several off-the-record dialogues with Chinese Communist Party officials and influence groups. Wallach, also the chairman of the publicly funded National Endowment for Democracy. Uh, I'm just curious. Uh, National Endowment for Democracy, uh, that, yeah, that organization. Oh, that's a George Soros outfit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Who would have guessed? National Endowment for Democracy. Uh, was one of the 10 principal delegates for what was called the inaugural U.S.-China High-Level Political Party Leaders Dialogue, hosted by the East-West Institute in partnership with the International Department of the Central Committee of the Chinese Communist Party. The U.S. delegation was led by former U.S. Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. whose daughter Alice was recently tapped to run a key Biden-era foreign aid initiative despite her massive investments with the Chinese Communist Party. You know what? I, I heard I heard somebody talking about this this morning, about um, how do we actually address this corruption? You have to sit down, you, and quite frankly, I think you're going to have to clean the Congress out, but in order to do this, you need a pretext. You can't just go in and say, okay, yeah, you're all out of here. That's not going to be enough. You need to open the books. As in, we need to lay it all out there. We need to put it all out there. We need to look at all the financial backings. And that goes for the ones that are indirectly involved as well. If you're taking money as a politician, I mean, for example, a senator, a senator, do you know how much campaign money it takes to become a senator and run a, sen a senatorial campaign? And it takes more than it does to be a House member. But if you're taking money through your campaign, if your people within your campaign don't pay attention to who you're taking money for because you're just cashing the checks, you're counting the votes and you're moving on, the corporations that are donating to you through, I think, a flawed ruling back in the 90s by the Supreme Court of the United States, I'm sorry, corporations are not people. But when you take donations from a corporation that is doing business in China, when you do business in China, they have to be involved. The Chinese Communist Party, they have to be involved. And they're going to get their way when it comes to your business practices in their country. And you're taking money from that? You think that they might have hmm. some kind of influence. I, I'm just I'm throwing that out there. That's all. If I were running for any kind of position, politically speaking, I will take any of your money. 
I don't care if you're a Communist Party individual. I don't care because you know why? That money is a tool and I'm going to use that money against you. And if you want to uh, support that cause for me going after you, by all means, give me all the money you wish. But that's that's because I'm an ideologue, like I'm an ideologue. I have principles. I stand on those principles and I will. Well, I'll die on that hill. No amount of money is going to buy me out on that. Um, well, actually, uh, the Chinese so, Communist Party or any Communist Party for that matter, once they hear your ideals, they're not going to give you money anyway. <laughs> so they're going to do exactly. everything to fund your opposition. So that's that's what they're going to do. Exactly. But that's yeah. that's what has to happen as a pretext. You can't just go in there and throw all these people out because the corruption still exists. It still exists. The root of the problem still exists. You're treating a, a gunshot wound with a Band-Aid. You need to remove the bullet. You need to triage the injury. That's what you need to do. We need to get to the root of this problem. You need to shut down the corruption and the flow of money that keeps this train of corruption moving. You could do it on a state level. On a state you could do level, it yeah. State by state. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, federally, I mean, you can't go in federally and do this. It would require uh, Congress to take action on themselves. And yeah, we know how that's going to go. Uh, so basically what needs to happen is each state individually needs to go. Uh, while you're a, a congressman, um, you are barred uh, or, or senator, congress or senator, whichever, uh, house or senate, excuse me. Um, you're barred fully from doing any kind of stocks or any of that. You, you, you're basically, when you choose to run for office, your business life is frozen, halted. You are not allowed to do anything in business. Now you are required to uh, represent the people. That's it. Like that, that should be the requirement to, to, to bar because the, the corruption is too deep in this, in this, um, even then that's not fair to the individual. Um, because what if it's a, what if they're a big entrepreneur, they have a bunch of businesses, you, you can't really tell them to, to put that aside. So I don't know, maybe bar them from stocks or something, or just have all their financial records made public. I, I don't know exactly how you would, you would stop it. But as far as uh, getting it solved now, at least in the short term, you could do it at a state level mm -hmm. and have the state do like an audit of their representatives. And if they're found to, uh, you know, do anything uh, that, that's illegal or, or reprehensible, immoral, whatever, um, have them have them removed special elections, you know, those, those things that states have systems for that. Mm -hmm. But OK, that's that's simple enough to deal with the, the uh, to deal with the problem on that Excuse me, in that regard, as far as like state level and all that stuff, and I, I agree with you on that. But how do you deal with this problem? I mean, this this becomes another issue. How do you deal with this problem? How do you deal with the uh, vice, excuse me, how do you deal with the chairman of the, um, uh, excuse me, the co-chair of the Commission of Presidential Debates? How do you deal with their involvement in working with Chinese Communist Party uh, organizations and meeting with people like Xi Jinping? How, how do you deal with that? You can't just cut off the flow of money because there's no actual money going there. But instead, you've got ideals and organizations that are planting the seeds of discontent within that person's mind at these places to go back and, and run things the way that they're influenced to run them. So there needs to be a thorough audit and investigation into this. And if found guilty, they should be charged with treason. Simple enough. That's yeah. that's quite simple. I mean, you, I, I like this. It. This is, yeah, this is, like you're 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 electing the executive branch, the head of the executive branch for the nation. Um, if you're affiliated with our enemies and and you know playing footsie with them, uh, you're you're bordering on treason at that point. Uh, and so yeah, I I think the and president you're, you're should be set. And I don't that's think you're bordering. 
No, I, I honestly, I, I, I don't think you're bordering because you're actively working to undermine our national elections at that point. So if if the CCP wanted to go and have dinner with me, they wanted to buy me dinner. I don't know that I would reject it necessarily. Would you record the entire thing? Yes. So it, I, I would have fun. I would have fun getting their goat the entire time. I would just, I, I, I would have so much fun poking and prodding. So I, but I'm, it's, that's because I'm petty and I, I just, I, I would stir up trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that, but that's me. I, I'm, I'm all for the confrontation and the, you know, the, I'm a troll in other words. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. would love to start the fire. Given the East West Institute's close ties with Beijing, Wallach's delegation included the off the record meetings with Chinese Communist Party leader Xi Jinping and senior officials in the regime's controversial United Front Work Department. Do you remember that? That was the organization that was involved with the um, the CUSEF that Biden advisors and aides are actually a part of now that took all expenses paid trips to Beijing to learn about the uh, the ways of the CCP. Do you remember that? We, we talked about that here in the following yeah. Yeah. In the following year, Wallach joined another U.S.-China high-level political party leaders dialogue that took place in Beijing and Sichuan, China. Uh, Sichuan, China, sorry. This visit marked the first time the dialogue process expanded beyond Beijing to include meetings in other regions of China in an effort to promote a broader understanding between the two countries' political elites. That was a statement put out by the East-West Institute. In December 2012, Wallach joined another business-focused delegation, which the East-West Institute summarized as focusing on how to expand trade ties between China and the United States, particularly at the provincial and state levels. There's your state connection you were talking about as far as shutting it down at the state level. Wallach joined the fifth U.S.-China high-level political party leaders dialogue during his tenure as president of the National Democratic Institute which also identified as a hosting partner of the dialogue. Luncheon, this was also put out, this is an event description put out by the East-West Institute. Luncheon presentation on the U.S. political landscape by Jeffrey Garin, president of the Heart Research Associates, and Neil Newhouse, partner and co-founder of the Public Opinion Strategies, hosted by the National Democratic Institute and International Republican Institute. Where do they come up with all these front organizations? This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is as bad as all of the alphabet agencies that need to be cleansed, if you will, and thrown out. Uh, 400 and how many of them? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We don't need one of them. The unearthed Chinese Communist Party link to the U.S. Presidential Debate Commission follows the National Pulse identifying other board members as belonging to think tanks with histories of collaborating with Beijing-backed influence groups. The news comes as the Republican National Committee weighs the benefits of taking part in the next set of presidential debates at all, given the so-called nonpartisan entity's proclivity for tilting the topics in favor of Democrats, and indeed hiding conflicts of interest from the viewing audience. Oh yes, if it's a hot topic that people want to know about, they just don't talk about it, or they say, uh, yeah, there's this one thing here, but uh, we, in the interest of time, we, we just don't have the time, so we can't talk about it. Or they'll have, I don't know, 15 candidates up there on stage, and they'll call on, oh, I don't know, three of them, and then they'll run the entire debate, and they'll ask them uh, staged questions from the audience that are pre-written and predetermined. Uh, it's 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 a farce. It's an absolute farce. These damn debates. Uh, I I can't stand them. I I don't like them at all. So at, at this point, the, the the whole we have so many problems with our election system coming from so many different angles. Um, 
at this, at, at this point, I, I, I don't even know, like, where, where do you begin is my issue. Uh, because, well, I do actually know where to begin. The first place you begin is you need to secure the elections. That is the absolute, like, this is, should be top of the docket. That should be like the first thing that should be focused right now, as far as the election is concerned. Um, that needs to be fixed yesterday. Um, and then after that, everything else is is pretty much, um, uh, I don't know, maintenance, if you will. Uh, clearing this up it, at that point would be maintenance because you, you, you have a secure election at that point. There is no hope without... Uh, having a, a, a secure election. If you do not have Agreed. that secured, yeah. if you don't have it, it does not matter the the kind of candidates you put out there. It does not matter how many people you have out there protesting or or rallying or whatever. It does not matter because they can always come out with uh, wheelbarrows full of more votes that they just found. Mm -hmm. If you continue having these drop boxes, if you continue having these the electoral processes that we have now, the the voting process. Totally agree with you, man. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, again, we don't have an if we don't have election integrity, then we don't have an election. Period. End of story. Doesn't matter who you stick up there, as you said. All right, uh, we are going to have to go. We're out of time. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For anybody that has any comments for us, any feedback, good, bad, ugly, all the rest of it, we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Everyone have a fantastic evening.